were just sharing, you had some interesting theories about women, Dan. Do you want to repeat them on air now in the harsh light of the harsh light of day? Yeah, I've been doing some reading on um, a project Identity Europa forums about women, and <laughs> as I understand Jesus. it, women have to immerse themselves fully in water like every twenty-four hours, or they'll they'll either they'll die or they'll have to return to like a river or mm -hmm. a lake. Uh, and, and if they don't, they won't renew their spiritual powers. Mm -hmm. Is that what the movie Gremlins is about? Um, no, Gremlins is about the evils of fried chicken and why you shouldn't feed it to your children because it destroys <sighs> them. I've legit oh. never seen Gremlins. Is it good? It's a fun movie. It's a fun, like, I don't know. It, it, definitely it's a nostalgia thing, but, like, as far as, like, Christmas, like, family movies, it's pretty fun. Wait, it's a Christmas movie? It's a Christmas movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's but, like Christmas. It also... It also apparently has a lot of lessons about uh, women. Yeah. About, I, about no, that their, one's about children. Na their nature. Yeah, you can't feed fried chicken to your children or they'll turn into fucking monsters and kill your town. The be the best subplot in that movie is that it's it's implied that during World War II, the gremlins, like, fucked up allied airplanes and shit. <laughs> like, broke the engines up before <laughs> bombing the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Oh. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Like That's the, funny. the gremlin, the old guys, they were weaponized by Nazis. Even the Minions movie didn't attempt. What the Minions movie? The, oh. In the Minions movie, they canonically are frozen during the time period of Hitler's That's ascension. That's clever. That's clever. <laughs> but were they frozen during the Armenian genocide? I'll have to check. <laughs> <laughs> I found the loophole. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of reading on Turkish nationalist web forums and I understand the great lie. No, the Armenian genocide did happen. It's horrible. Uh, but that stuff about women is true. <laughs> that stuff about women is true. And if I ever saw a woman in real life, I'd tell her that to my face. Unfortunately, I live a life of monastic seclusion here in the highest peaks of the Rocky Mountains with only me and the fraternal order of autumn, uh, the brotherhood here to spend my lonely days. Apart from this podcast, which I beam out to people regularly. Yeah, I have a brain condition where I, I can't see women. I can hear them in all the other senses, too. I, I can't see them. Yeah, they're just static. It's a void. Yes. Importantly, you can you can believe them, but you can't. Uh, I always you also believe can't. women. I have to because they have to explain <laughs> yeah. things to me a lot because I can't <laughs> see yes. them. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. always talking yeah. over them because I can't hear them or see them. We call that mental condition graduating from Prager University, actually. Stephen Crowder is saying I ever do. <laughs> Uh, I stole that from episode <laughs> one. What a great shot. <laughs> My God. Uh, speaking of the rule that you should never bring up a better podcast on your podcast. Yeah, this is Story Break. Welcome. <laughs> this is 30 Minute Worlds, a podcast where we build a fantasy or scientific fictional universe within 30 minutes or more uh, based off of three random prompt words. One of us four gentlemen, myself being Walter, with me, my co-host Dan, Chessman, and Belvin is going to be dubbed the lore lad who gets absolute creative control over the setting and can veto any idea that we bring forth. Now, today's lore lad, her dice roll, is Dan Kennedy. Oh boy, here we go. Alright, what, what fucking bullshit do you have for me today? I have a question. Have we said salt yet? Uh, we've def no wait. I don't know that we have. I, feel I don't like, know that we have. I think sand maybe has our big our biggest 
mistake was not compiling a ledger of the shit. <laughs> yeah, like, how hard will it be to remember? Yeah, you know, that, that was yeah. your biggest mistake. Uh, <laughs> no, it's the thing, is that I did, I just have no idea where it is. Oh, just as useful. Uh, I got, will... We've gone through like a hundred at this point, so... I'll say salt. Be... I don't think we've said salt. That's fine. Well, I think Salt's it's a good, a good one. I'm gonna say lens. Okay. I can, I've get, I've been having this. I got this word in my head. I'm just gonna go with it. Impact. Ooh. Okay. All right. Um. Salt lens and impact. Impact. So from lens, I'm getting something actually based on our riffs at the start of the episode. Um, yeah. I'm just imagining a guy with a monocle that lets him see into uh, like see things he wouldn't be able to see otherwise like through these lens yes like can, he has a prescription yeah i mean n- not to go back to that like camera obscura thing we had going but but mm-hmm. something with like being able to see other dimensions other forms the year is 2045 a revolutionary mm. drug called Impact allows people to use <laughs> monocles to see far off. <laughs> we don't need the rest of the episode. We got it. I, we, we did it, boys. Back home by Christmas. Um, I was thinking like, so I agree with you on the lens thing uh, about using it as almost like a spotting, like a like a, um, seeking impacts of what immediately jumped to mind was like a guy in like an orbital facility of some kind scanning a planet with a lens and then sending people down to the planet to quickly mine like salt deposits of like some sort of valuable resource and then extracting it off of like a planet. Why salt? Because salt is readily available on like most planets, right? It can be found both mm-hmm. underground and in the sea. Well, uh, so there is that's. You're thinking probably of sodium chloride, like table salt. Here we go. Which is the most common salt. It's what, what our oceans are filled with. <laughs> Look, no, I'm just saying there's lots of other kinds of salt. Salt, a salt is basically a word for any, anything that is like, I forget what it is. It's like <laughs> two things joined together one of them there's a lot of pressure okay you can't see it but he's counting up on his fingers and this has been chessman's chemistry corner and that's it <laughs> and we've learned about salt we've learned there's different types of it and it's complicated no uh, i know what he means like garlic salt what is sodium chloride is a sodium salt there's other kinds of salts with other kinds of minerals. Uh, the thing i have to be careful with this because i've been reading dune and i can't just make it spice right yeah like, you can't. i, can't, we I can't. can't just do that i'll be sued what to if death salt, salt is important magically right for sure. ritual for sealing things mm-hmm. yes uh, okay. it always kind of has been what if this is a scientific and magical setting the lens to my mind strike me as something scientific Okay, how about instead of a instead of an orbital like thing, it's like Belvin said, you can kind of peek through like Stargate style, like a lens, not to other dimensions, but to other planets, right? What if what if there are these oh. lenses? Oh, go on, Belvin. Oh, I, I just I just really like the idea of other planets, but not necessarily a sci-fi structure. So like you're stuck on this planet. Like we're not talking about spaceships, but you are looking into other planets. I like that a lot. What if okay. so? What if there are okay. these things in the galaxy, these lenses, or maybe not the galaxy, if we want to go more magical, we call it the Emprian or something. But they were built by 
we don't know who. They're just there. And they're not holes in space, really. They're holes – well, they are, but they're holes through which only light can pass through and no other matter. Uh, so you can really only see through them. And they were put there in a way so that one could theoretically uh, observe different parts of the galaxy from very far away without needing mm-hmm. to travel there at all. Yeah. And, well, because well, yeah, yeah. if you're going for some sort of like – maybe this is – it, with a we're looking at this with a fantasy lens for like the what we're talking about right now but like I, there's a lot of i like the idea of a setting that used to be really scientific and that's who set this up a long time ago mm-hmm. because if you think of a um it's a piece of technology that is only able to transmit light that is that is instantaneous communication mm-hmm. um that's fantastic for like a technolo- technological civilization. Yeah, but these people don't know about radio waves or anything. They only right. are like, oh, we can see out of it, but we can't go through it. Well, and right. it's this instantaneous communication. I I think we should say it's planets and not dimensions. I think that's mm-hmm. this. I, I kind of like the vibe yeah. a little bit more. It enables mm-hmm. you to create an empire in space without anything like faster than light travel. So these people are raised mm-hmm. on what's called like the hub world or the the spoke. And it's imagine a world that has like twi- it's like Saturn where it has this big ring around it. But instead of one ring, there's like 12 of thir- 12 or 13 of these rings. And they're all different lenses uh, that kind of circle the planet. And from this planet, you could look onto theoretically thousands of different places in the galaxy uh, okay that's fucking cool it's like a telescope cool. planet yeah and they've grown up with this they live that's their whole mythology has always incorporated this like oh yeah the, the things the gods put here we don't know why you know and it's possible mm-hmm. for their magicians or their spellcasters to i'm gonna get wiggity wiggity here uh temporarily astrally project themselves through a lens just like mentally and mm-hmm. glean a bit more about like that sector of space perhaps even travel beyond the rim of it into unknown parts they have no technology with which to traverse space really they can only do so psychically with the help of these devices i love that and uh i i've read like pretty out there hippy dippy like the idea that on other planets there are like higher consciousness beings right mm-hmm. like that like you know venus isn't empty or like uranus isn't empty it's just that that the life forms there are operating on a different dimensional scale um so that's maybe sort of the uh the magical beings out in space that these lens wizards are plundering well i like to think that the people who made the lenses or whatever made them they were of forms that could traverse through them. Like they were made of energy or light. Yeah. Uh, They were Mm -hmm. like living lightning, like something we can't even conceive of, but they made it. And it's not a limitation to them to travel through it, but it is a limitation now for the humans who find themselves here. What about, um, so these rings, Zach, because I understand that the rings are basically on planets, like collections of like rocks and like dust and shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. What if it's, what if they're salt rings? Like, they're, like, Ooh. giant chunks yeah. of, like, space well, salt. Potentially. I, like I had a different idea for the salt integration. I think it's cool if they're salt rings because then you have also, like, salt rain and salt coming into the atmosphere from above. Yeah. And the, there could be, like, times of year, too, when the salt is, like, really 
coming in and that's like the best time of year for magic or like and it's kind of like a like salty rain or like a salt just like dandruff like from a volcanic eruption almost that's definitely evocative the idea i had for salt is that sometimes the folks that get astrally projected on project back Mm. um so there's a group of like police the salters who are charged with repelling them um and they're armed with salt-based weaponry wait so they they project back like what do you mean so um basically like they're forces that we sometimes tamper with on this planet Mm. um that can then project themselves back onto the planet and try to either wreak revenge or get something uh, not all of them are hostile, I assume. There are psychic beings that can come through yeah, psychic attacks. The, the lens. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the Salters are charged with repelling these not uncommon attacks. E- even though even though we're not actually going out to explore things, there are th- these are still fr- they like, can for see instance, us there's projecting like the, sometimes. Yeah. Um and, and perhaps their dynamic is such that it does feel like theft in some way. I do think, too, it's a really cool idea to have the threat in this setting be beings that we're not capable of seeing and that can stalk the streets or even potentially be among us, like on the planet right now and that we don't know are there. Uh, I think that's really cool. Uh, I think salt as like a protective circle is also kind of a neat idea because it already forms a circle around the planet. Yeah. Right, that would be cool because, like, they, a Salter patrol gets a report of like a fucking hospital has been attacked by one of these things. They they make a giant circle around it to weaken it and pin it in place. You have to like exercise it. The salt ring. The salt ring is a protective circle. It's it, a ring made of a, like a yeah. ring world with a yeah, ring yeah. of salt is like a demon, like an anti demonic sort of. So that's that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, that's brilliant. We can totally marry those ideas. I feel like I like yeah, that. Well, what if? So we said there are ten rings. What if there are like ten systems out there? Ten galaxies. I think there's I'm, more than one lens per ring. Also, oh. I think it's pretty easy in the night sky to look up and be like, oh, there's like two or three lenses out like right now. Well, uh, yeah, the idea, planet, like, the idea rotates. being that. The the idea being that the rings aren't native to the planet, that the rings are created by the salt that's being pulled through the lenses. Well, the ring, yeah, yeah. And the rings were also kind of woven into being probably by this, whatever, the those who came before, they're Left called. by the precursor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those that came before, we don't know what their forms were, but they were doubtlessly psychically powerful and had bodies that were capable of traversing through the lens, which we really can't do. Right. I guess I, I was... also like that these things that live on Earth, uh, those who breach the circle, that's what they're called, uh, they are naturally attracted to psychically potent people. And they kind of hone themselves toward them uh, and bring disaster naturally. Mm, what I was trying to do is set up some sort of role building where there are 10 rings, maybe like 10 mm-hmm. different dimensional frequencies or 10 different galaxies that they're looking into. And so, you know, there are sort of 10 classifications and then the uh, Salters have to have the right lens available. They like there are 10 different kinds of lenses and each one can only see like that classification. Oh, to see what came through Mm -hmm. what lens. I like that. And what if the lenses, the way that they work for the different rings is they are only it has to be made of materials that aren't native to the planet. They're Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. they are impacted 
metals that are mined from asteroids and used to house a glass. So they're very sheet. rare. Yeah. yeah. And like if you have it, lenses, you that's impact rich. for you. There, there you go. There's yes. impact for that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, V. As well as the impact of having your brain sucked out by an invisible alien who then dissipates into a cloud of smoke, uh, presumably to leave the planet forever. Well, well, and here's the thing: the the lenses. Part of the reason that they think that the precursors put these lenses in space is because it actually makes it very difficult to use them as invasion points uh because it if you can even if you can travel through light you can't necessarily travel like through, through air space. yeah yeah like out of the air through space through glass through it, like but what happens is maybe one of them falls mm. and 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 falls onto the planet and now there is a lens on the planet i do like there's like a fragment of a lens or something on the planet that could be really useful to for exposition purposes uh because well, that well, could like, be how, that would be how we know we can't go through it also mm -hmm. because we can't get to space uh really yeah. with the level of technology that this society has which i think we should talk more about the society yeah. and, and about I, kind of the major cities i agree mm -hmm. I, I had a thought about that in that that perhaps their construction practices have been influenced by the presence of the rings in the side uh, in the sky, and they build these like concentric, like ringed cities that connect to one another, like from space. Ooh. They almost like imitate like the rings. Yeah, um, well, I think they would also, um, insofar as when they actually project, they see structures. Their cities would sometimes mimic those structures. Yeah, alien architecture. Yeah, yeah. I do think deal. I think it would be cool when they astrally project and they like start to leave the hub world. They look around themselves like on the planet as they're about to leave, and they see all these structures that they couldn't see before, like buildings left behind on a completely different plane of existence by like whatever precursor uh, race once habitated here. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, I think that's on it. on the current planet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like another level of reality that they're only able exactly. to see right as they're actually projecting. Okay. Um, so what, can we nail down what exactly they're taking back from the astral projection? I, I mean, think there are multiple options, I think. They can uh, find technology. Comes, yeah, that, that's what I think. Like, knowledge is the main thing that you can, like, easily bring back with you. So, like, I think that maybe if they find a trove of, like, ancient knowledge, like, anything involving language would be super important. Like, they can use to translate more stuff. And they, I think there's certain elements of their society that are more technologically advanced than the rest because of this extracted knowledge. If these gates or lenses poured out into space, there are going to be spacefaring civilizations that find some of them, that are fascinated by them, and they can't go through them. And they're going to hunker down around the gate and yeah. watch the planet just permanently to observe the people on it. Mm -hmm. And so if you astrally project, you can kind of go and communicate with the people through the gate and learn all sorts of cool shit, too. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll probably say yeah. that there are some friendly ones and some unfriendly ones. I would assume mm -hmm. that yeah. mostly like, yeah, yeah, fascinated by yeah. us. Uh and well, our ability to kind of travel. Just to, to keep riffing on the sort of like new age mythology that's out there. There's like positive and negative energy beings, right? 
Uh-huh. I think that'd be a fine thing to adopt here. And the Nordic reptilian dichotomy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like when you're projecting out, sometimes you find a positive one, which we're like, oh, hello, being. And sometimes you find the negative ones, which then try to chase you down and suck out your soul. <laughs> Uh, it'd be funny. It, there's like races of aliens with like real concrete ships who are just hovering outside like three maybe of the rings. So we're in communication. We're in communion with like three different alien races and they have their own kind of attitudes toward us. But then we talk to them and we're like, hey, do you know anything about like the psychic beings invading our planet that are invisible? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Crazy hippies. Psychic beings. Yeah. Well, uh, to drill down the society... So we've established Salters, like, you know, the, the grizzled police force, psychic police. Um, there, there were Seers, right? Like the folks who actually do the projection. We're probably like the most valued members of society is like the default, I think, here. Because they, they bring back all kinds of stuff. I I do think that Salt has a very... We, we've kind of already established that there's different kinds of salt that's that are raining on this planet. And I think that they would fall in different bands. I think there'd be different colors of like salt. Maybe some of them are deserts and maybe some of them are snow. Well, there would be and like maybe, periodic salt winds too that you could track and be like, oh, we have a like south salt westerly uh, right. from I, like the inner ring. You know, like you can determine where it came from. You're playing with colors. It could be Roy G. Biv. Uh, salts yeah. like one ring is violet one ring is yellow one ring is... i like the idea of the salt being might like as well. i know well do you want like the the, uh, the gray scale <laughs> no i'm with belvin i want i want multicolored salt i think that's cooler okay, uh, okay. Yeah. i think that kind of just vibes because well j- just the vibe of this setting to me is sort of like some like sort of infinite new agey possibilities. i do like because I do picture them when they astral project, and it's like a beam of light that then splits into a rainbow on the other side of the lens. Well, it's like, uh, I went to I like a cool. black sand beach once, and it's like yeah. fucking cool. Uh, it's I as I had this pack pocket idea that the salt, what it actually is, is a, a sort of salt of light. That it is not like a mineral that's bound up. Uh, with another mineral but like light that is somehow bound up physically and like that's it can travel through the lens mm. that's yeah. the whole power of it that and that's sense. why that's why when people ingest it and it gets into their brains they 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 are they can project through the lens is because they're like suffused with light that spice thing it's kind. It's a little bit of a spice thing, but spice is more like it just makes you think really fast. This is more like a, uh, yeah, consciousness elevation. As these kind of aliens mm-hmm. come into contact with or mm-hmm. like psychically powerful or seers, let's call them. Uh, mm-hmm. We have non-seers who are able to communicate with them through like light towers. Basically, if the only thing that could pass through the lens is light, then a way to communicate through light, like Morse code pretty much, would be developed actually pretty quickly. I would mm-hmm. say a code that they could pick up on. So yeah. there are all these state actors who have these like big kind of uh, towers that are constantly like trying to transmit and receive messages from these aliens. Maybe there's a faction who like uh, 
maybe there's kind of a duplicitous alien race that's found the lens and they're like, oh, we want to elevate you. Uh, we need you guys to let us through because they're convinced that we can do that. And yeah. this one they really the want races that you see is in like ships outside the planet. Maybe not all of them travel through ships. Okay. It'd be weird to have like three different armies of ships. I do think there should be a force that's trying to gain physical access to the planet and thinks we can like let them in or something. And they're convinced that like we're just bullshitting them. Uh, but they have a cadre of people on Earth who are like, yeah, we should let them in. <laughs> we should let them oh, elevate God. us. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like it's gunboat diplomacy in space. They're yeah. just like sitting in orbit with giant fucking Mac cannons. Great. I, I, to have this I- idea now of like, because if you're using these lenses to travel through and if there's a threat beyond them, the the one thing we haven't thought of is that a lens is, is there's the possibility of like you have one lens you have another lens behind it yeah they it, can block there, each other occasionally because of how the rings yeah. are set up i thought about that but, too but do they block each other or do they like is it a constructive sort of thing like do they like, amplify each other or, or do they uh I they think reveal when completely a lens different perfectly places overlaps entirely. Yeah, I think that's cooler. When a lens overlaps with another one in kind of a rare event, uh, you get it has to be kind of like a total overlap, but you get a lens mm-hmm. to a new place that you've never seen before. I think that's so, cool. Yeah. So what happens when all of them? Yeah, the prophecy that when all ten align, the consciousness of the planet splinters <laughs> and is sent out <laughs> into space. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> very good the day uh, of ascension yeah the day, uh, the day of impact the day of impact well impact implies that when all 10 align something's gonna come through them uh and hit the planet yeah that's yeah a, which yeah, i uh, find to be cooler than everyone leaves the planet yeah uh, i find Plan- it, it's a prophecy of great salvation or great doom well it's uh, both <laughs> something comes well through different cultures would have different interpretations of it yeah I think it could be both. I mean, it could be like, like what Belvin's saying, like everybody's, well, because there, we've established that there are beings, right? That are psychic and don't have bodies. It, when the prophecy is fulfilled, I think that happens. Everybody's consciousness elevates and they start going into space. Ascension. But also people can come through like at that point. Like maybe that's like the opening. The, prom- the prophecy is that something comes through when all 10 align, but before that can happen, four warriors of light <laughs> go through Fuck up. <laughs> and, and, and defeat it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love fantasy yeah. JRPGs that turn out to be in sci-fi settings. <laughs> Always a fun twist. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Um, is there anything else we need to hone in on here, specifically? I feel like there's a lot more we could touch on, yeah, uh, but it's tr- now been 35 minutes, and frankly... I don't want to give these hogs any more podcasts than they pay for, which wow. is zero, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Insulting yeah, the this, audience. <laughs> way to go. Yeah, at this point now I'm thinking of a, like farming salt, like what like uh pastoral practices, uh traditions of uh of uh Well oh uh, real quick before we wrap up the yep, and for the record, my thing is less than thirty minutes. So I think you may have some Unpodcast riffing on that. Oh, um, I probably do actually. The uh, <laughs> just real quick, maybe thinking yeah. of different 
color salt, like the different qualities that would come with that and the civilizations. Oh, God. No, no, no. We got into this with different colors it's, of paint with another host, and it really ate up 40 minutes of time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just we'll, throw out a few qualities, just a few qualities to categorize. You're, Don't you want to categorize? Satan dancing before us. Dan- to just insisting that we define don't a few want qualities of different colors. Don't you want <laughs> obviously, obviously, white is good. Oh yeah, <laughs> black is bad. Okay, Tolkien. And all the other colors are lazy. Uh, we st- we all start. The other salts are lazy. <laughs> all right, we open this episode yeah, with yeah, some wildly yeah. offensive comments. Now we're going to end it. Waka waka. <laughs> Purples are the dreamers. <laughs> yeah, and and you can you can smoke the green salt and get you wicked high. <laughs> the green ones, all of you, shut up. What Dan? What time do you have on your audacity? Uh, I have thirty six, but there's definitely some minutes of, of pre-pod riffing on there. Melvin, what do you been, have? It has like, been thirty one minutes. It's now yeah, about thirty one minutes. Well, um, folks, that's our show. Bye. If you like this episode, <laughs> you can subscribe to us on your podcasting ending. service of choice to get new episodes every Saturday. If you like, go ahead and write us a review on iTunes. Share us with all your world building friends. It really helps us out. Our artist, courtesy of the talented and wonderful Shell Tor at Jovial Paradox on Twitter. You can tweet at us too at Lads or send us spirited hate mail at 30minuteworlds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. As always, don't encourage Belvin. Belvin.